This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A steely performance against the Blades gets the job done for City. No pep, no problem. It's Monday the 28th of August. I'm Amos Murphy. I'm Joe Ritchie. And this is the City Report Podcast. Welcome back to a brand new week at the City Report podcast. As you can probably tell by my voice, it was been a rough weekend for me, Noel Gallagher, in Wivenshaw, um, Wivenshaw Park over the weekend. But um, yeah, cracking weekend, Joe. How was yours? Uh, sweaty. I spent a lot of time putting down new floors <laughs> in my house, doing a lot of demo work and then floor installs. So um, yeah, I'm a little sore today, but productive weekend nonetheless. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, right, as usual, if you are new around here, please hit follow, hit subscribe, leave a rating and a review. Hey, Spotifyers, click or tap the banner to listen to Rap Caviar, the freshest 50 hip-hop songs on the rawest playlist ever. Brought to you by our friends at Stars and the new season of Power Book 4, Force. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. This episode is brought to you by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club is fighting for a chance at promotion. These two Hollywood stars lead a team in the midst of history in the making, while dedicated staff and supporters hold on to a dream of returning the team and this working-class town in Wales to glory. FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres September 12th on FX. Stream on Hulu. But we'll get straight into the game then because um, it was 
a really sort of mandatory city performance and, and for what it's worth I think it was a really good one but quite a regular run of the mill City game until it exploded <laughs> into life in the 85th minute City obviously you know this by now beating Sheffield United 2-1 at Bramall Lane but I guess we'll start with the performance itself, um, Joe. I, I put a tweet out saying that I thought it was masterful. I, I genuinely, there was a lot of doom mongering, um, and we'll get into the bits and bobs as to why people may have thought that. But genuinely, it was 90, well, more than 90 minutes, 100 minutes of pure dominance, bar, a, I want to say, literally a 120 second spell with the walk and mistake, and shortly after the second goal. Um, but, but what did you make of it? Obviously, different opinions and I can see why people are maybe looking at it and going oh are we, are we, is there a drop off we're not at our best we're not looking fluid blah 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 but I, I thought it was as maybe not perfect but as good as you can expect at this time of the season yeah I think that's that's a good way of put of it, putting it I mean I was very I mean I always am very reactionary in the moment and then you know the full time <laughs> whistle goes and you take a step back to, to actually look at the match as a whole and I've since had the time to do that and yeah I would agree with you I mean it's one of those where you see 2-1 as the final scoreline. You see a missed penalty from Holland. You're thinking, well, that, that probably wasn't great. And in some senses, sure, it wasn't. But then you take a deeper dive and say, okay, Sheffield United had two shots on target all game. They had 20% possession. City had almost three full expected goals higher than Sheffield United. I mean, it was 30 shots to six. Like Then you start to look at the numbers and say, okay, no, th- this was utter dominance. If Alvarez brought his shooting boots, if Holland was a little more clinical, I mean, this could have been... Mm-hmm. A, a run-of-the-mill 4-5, five, 5-1 five, five, game. Um, so overall, I think there was more good than bad to take out of it. Um, a couple of the mistakes that came up that we will probably get to, I think, are mistakes, and that's just what happens mm-hmm. in football early in the season. So, yeah, I'm, ha- I'm happy with it. I, I think, again, more players had positive impacts than, than the opposite, and that's all you can really ask for at this point. Yeah, definitely. Some more shots, like you said, 30. Uh, so some more stats, I should say. 30 shots for City. Um, 670 passes completed. A <laughs> uh, percentage at 92. Sheffield United had 126. So we're talking 550 more passes throughout the game. And, and then just the defence, I thought, was was incredible, bar the mistake, which we'll get to. But let's start with that first goal because it felt uh, it felt like it was imminent, to be honest. In the sense that it felt like we, we should be scoring but in my mind, I was thinking, oh, perhaps maybe this is one of those days where City don't get a, get a goal. I think there's a Rodri shot just before the Haaland opener, which he sort of drags just wide with his left foot, um, just wide of the post. But fantastic work from Jack Grealish. He came out in the second half. He looked fancy. You know, he was playing brilliantly. I saw someone on Twitter say he was looking like a, a prime Ronaldo Nazario dribbling <laughs> past people. And then, you know, he, he did have that sort of feel to him, but maybe that was a bit of a stretch. Uh, clipped ball to the back post towering Erling Haaland his golden locks free in space heading home it was a it was a beautiful goal and 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 one that sort of City had been knocking on that door I have to say yeah and I think honestly the most athletic display of that entire goal was probably the fan who just hurtled on Haaland's back <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll get a he's nice band for that Facebook but... pro- yeah he's got the best Facebook profile picture ever <laughs> yeah. though <laughs> yeah no but on, it's funny that goal I mean I think that um we were talking a little bit before we recorded, but I, I feel like this game was... First half was first season Jack Grealish. Second half mm. was most of what we saw last season of Jack Grealish, where a little timid, a little slow to take on his man. And I know that that is a part of what Pep looks for in the wingers' first 10, 15 minutes, mm. kind of just 
not doing too much, but it did feel like he wasn't on it in the first half. And then second half, it was just a totally different player. And and I think that assist to Holland, it's funny, this is like kind of a niche thing, but I remember when City signed Jack, it was that exact pass that I was most looking forward to. And what I mean mm. is obviously, you know, we know the cutbacks on the ground, we know the crosses into play, but it just felt like his ability to get on his left and just put that little dink over a couple of defenders is like such a unique skill that I don't think we really have. Um, like Phil could yeah. do it. Yeah. I'm sure Bernardo could do it. But I remember th- watching Jack for England, watching him for Villa and just thinking that, you know, that's pretty useful. And then you sign a towering Norwegian and it's even more useful. So, yeah, I thought it was mm-hmm. a brilliant, brilliant goal, um, brilliant assist. I mean, Jack actually ended up finishing with six chances in the game. You know, people were people were lauding yeah. Phil last weekend for seven. I think it was the most we'd had in six, seven years or something. And, and yeah. Jack just shows up with a pretty awful first half and still finishes with six chances. So that says a lot about his performance. Yeah, certainly. And and yeah, he's such a delicate footballer. In that second half when City had their leads, uh, both leads, um, the way he was just drawing fouls and, and breaking up the play. And, and I guess, you know, some people get frustrated by that. And, and we've signed a player in, in Jeremy Doku who is the antithesis, really, in terms of, of a winger and, and what they can offer. And he will literally, uh, like, like a lightning bolt, go out at a defender. But Jack Grealish, he's, he's such an intelligent footballer in that sense and, and obviously contributed to this win massively, um, as did. Erling Haaland a, a tale of two halves really for him um, obviously penalty miss early doors I, I maintain the fact that he, he hit the inside of the post and I think you know it's one thing ballooning it over the bar missing the target in that sense but he was centimetres away from it creeping across the line and it's a different game and it's a different story um, should he get that goal in the first half but alas he didn't it made me laugh though his celebration. We speak about the fan celebration, but Erling Haaland there, the, the the freeze frames of him just sort of blurring his cheeks out, a big sigh of relief, and and yeah, he's a character, isn't he? And and that goal obviously meant a lot, but not in the sense that it usually does when it means a lot. It was just a weight off his quite hefty shoulders. Yeah, it felt like him just being like, "It's about time, Erling. It's about time." I mean, mm, he's. Mm. I, I, f- I feel like we should spend a few minutes talking about him just kind of overall in the sense that I think he's not necessarily dividing opinion amongst the fan base because obviously everyone knows how incredible he is and he his season yeah. last year speaks for itself. But, you know, we are looking at a... I think expectations are just so unrealistically high for him that any sort of blemish yeah. is, you know, feels like 10 times the to to the effect. So... I think this game was fine from him. Um, the penalty mm. miss is what it is. Um, he's not been as clinical. Obviously, he had that that shot off the post. Um, but what I'm curious your thoughts on just kind of Holland as a whole right now, and in, in the sense that mm. end of last season we talked about time and time again. You know, the goals weren't there towards the end of the season, but also those games only get more difficult. Right, you're in finals mm. and all that. And then the start of the season, at the, at the end of the day, he's got three goals in three games. He's on pace for 38. Like, it's it's still an incredible pace. But mm. it does feel like the the buildup from him is not improving from what we've seen against small sample size. And it also, I think his clinical nature that we're used to feels a little bit off. But again, it's three games. And I, I'm just curious what you think so far and what we've seen from him over, you know, four games, I guess, so far this season. 
Yeah, it's interesting. I, I think um, you have to say really that he's he's obviously not been up to his usual lofty six foot six foot four standards. But I'm I'm just looking at, at some of his numbers from last year, and obviously we all know about the goals, fifty two. But he played in fifty three games, and and he notched up four thousand one hundred minutes across those games. So a little bit of Google Maths, that's something like 80 minutes per game. So he's essentially played in in 50 full matches of football or, you know, thereabouts. That's a lot of football. And and bearing in mind, obviously, he, he arrived from Borussia Dortmund and a lot of the talk was the fact that he get, he's injury prone, he can never he can never stay fit. The season prior, he played 30 games, 2,300 minutes, which obviously is, well, pretty much half of that. The season before that, 40. So we're talking about an all-time season, not only only in terms of the goal scoring, but also the minutes in his legs. Mm-hmm. And he's still only 23. And, and you know, look, we can see his frame. I think Luke Bardsley said it on um, a show last week when we were discussing defenders and the fact, you know, are they, are they more prone to injuries because the obviously the weight going on the body and stuff like that. And and I guess that is the case of Erling Haaland. He, he's a player who needs to be sharp and he needs that's his game in and around the six-yard box. So if you are lugging a little bit of extra fatigue along, alongside you, then, you know, it, it's no surprise. Um, and I think... I think there was a couple moments in that first half where maybe Alvarez put a great ball across the box in the six-yard box, and I was thinking, why? What, you know, usually he's crashing that six-yard box. He's in there, he's trying to score a goal, and, and nine times out of ten he does. But he was just sort of loitering at the penalty box and looking around a bit like a confused dog. And and I, I guess we're sort of maybe the minutes have caught up with him a little bit because. I, I don't know. I, I don't feel like it's a, a, a skill set issue. It's not like you, you don't score 53 goals in your yeah. first season and it's and it's a mistake. And funnily enough, he's actually matching his goals tally for the Premier League last season. He got two in the opening game at West Ham, obviously two against Burnley this year. He didn't score against Scott Parker's Bournemouth, which is still <laughs> incredibly funny. Didn't score against Newcastle, of course, and then got one goal at Newcastle away last year, one goal at, at Sheffield United away this year. So... I guess we're on for another 52-goal season. That's what I'm reading into anyway. Yeah, I and funny enough, I actually think, so obviously he had, what, 10 Premier League goals in his first, was it seven games? Ask John Ashley, because yeah. he, he knows it that was some in- his quiz question. <laughs> true, true, true. It was some insane <laughs> stat. I, I actually think that this season will be a little bit different and, and maybe not having a World Cup in the middle mm. will, will impact that. But I think with Kev being out, with a few new signings coming in, some key players being sold, I think that, the team as a whole, and I know that Pep sides usually in general get better as the season goes on, but I think Holland carried us through so many games to start last season. I actually think he's mm-hmm. not going to really hit his ascendancy until probably October, November, and I think he's going to carry on and have a really strong end of season, whereas last season it felt like it was just a supersonic start, right? And then, mm, again, yeah. expectations after that were like, why aren't you scoring a hat-trick every game? So... Um, <laughs> Again, I'm not I'm not too worried. I just wanted to talk about it because I do feel like it's something that people are pointing to as, you know, he had kind of a slow end of the season and some parts have looked rocky to start. But at the end of the day, in a club like this, he's going to get enough service that he may not make everyone. His conversion rate may be slightly lower from his mm. incredibly high conversion rate, and he'll still score 30-plus goals in the Premier League, probably 40, 50 goals in all comps. So. 
Yeah, um, I, I guess it's probably one we should would. You're right to bring it up, absolutely. But it's one we should sort of maybe return in a couple of weeks when we've sort of seen the early season rustiness. Hopefully, for City wear off. But um, yeah, that second half performance, I, th- I thought he was making the right runs, and and the Sheffield United keeper made a, a wonderful save at nil nil. That little dink. Um, so on another day, um, I know it's easy to say on another day, but on another day, <laughs> he may have got two or three. Um, okay, let's move on to some of the the not so good stuff then. Uh, the Kyle Walker mistake. What was it? A head loss? Was it just one of those things that happens, or do you feel like perhaps maybe it's indicative of a man who isn't up to scratch anymore? That's not my opinion, by right. the way, listeners. I'm just putting it out for Joe to to tackle that pretty nasty question. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. Uh, yeah, I don't. It's weird because I don't think it's um, reflective of his ability as a player in 2023. Mm. I still think he's a very good defender. But I do think, I mean, I can think of three or four situations off the top of my head already this season that he's made crucial mistakes. Now, obviously, mm. as a defender, a mistake stands out far more than if a midfielder or an attacker makes it. But you're looking at your most senior defender, your most experienced defender, your longest tenured defender at City. That's the type of player who can't be making those mistakes. Now, yeah. when he's tasked with... And the captain now as well. And your captain, exactly. Given De Bruyne's absence. And... and you know, if we're talking about a Champions League knockout and you're going against Vinicius or whoever, and it's, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll cut you some slack, right? But in a game like mm. today, that's an unforced error that he made. Um, and in the moment, I'm fuming, to be honest, because one, mm. it leads to an equalizer that in some ways felt so steady because they were so dominant. <laughs> so to give that up, yeah. but at the same time, it's just it's just unnecessary. And I, I have to think that if Pep was there. I'm not sure he would have substituted him in the moment because it's that late in the game. It's probably a bad look, but I have to think mm. he's given him some words in the in the locker room after. But with that said, the way he reacted is everything you could ask for in a player, a captain, a leader. Um, he created two clear chances, one which led to the winning goal um, to keep the ball in play. And that's where you, you think any other club, like, I guess what I'm trying to say is it, it personifies this club as a whole where mistakes happen, but pretty much anyone that's going to mis- make a mistake is a leader and has a the right mentality to go back and mm-hmm. make good on that mistake. So, again, is it frustrating? Yes. On another day, could it have been really frustrating? Definitely. But mm. this is the type of response you look for, um, and, and that's all I'm going to ask for at this point. It's, it's too early in the season to look too much into it. Yeah, I, I totally agree on, on all of that, really. Um, just, just to echo it, it... it if if it finishes one one, we're obviously having a very different conversation, right. and we're not as relaxed, and we're not as chilled out, and we're not as um, sort of forgiving, I guess. But I, I I'm glad you brought up the reaction because I thought that was that was wonderful, and I've made my opinion on Kyle Walker known um, for for quite some time. Obviously, when he was was linked to Bayern Munich, I, I thought it would have been a decent enough move for Cities to say, yeah, go on, you know, we're, we're having this transition season. I, I know why the club wanted to keep him. Should he be the captain? I, I don't know. That's I, I would prefer another man who will speak about in part two. Uh, goes by the name of Rodri, and we will talk about him um, to be the captain instead. But I, I, I have to say that reaction um, it immediately from kickoff. Basically, he creates that chance for Alvarez, who really should have scored. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll we'll park it there. I think it's for what it's worth. I, I think it's probably one of those mistakes that just happens. It it, it was so absurd. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say a player of his class or what has been his class over the last 10 years 
probably doesn't make that again but um, again another one we'll have to wait and see down the line uh, I'll be interested to see how many minutes he gets this season because I'm, I'm not sure he's got a 40 camp, a forty game campaign in him it has to be said um, but okay we'll park it there for part one join us after this quick break and we'll continue our chat about the Sheffield United win the NFL is here, and it's all about the sweet offers from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code FIELDGOAL to sign up. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See dkng.co slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Welcome back to the City Report podcast. Happy Monday, everybody, or happy whatever day you're listening to this, if it's later on in the week. Um, Okay, then, let's speak about that winning goal, because it, it is funny. I, before the season started was like, oh, I don't know, we've just won the treble, I could do with a few a few months off from football to bask in the glory. My poor dog, I wasn't at Bramall Lane for the game, but my poor dog is is frightened, cowering in a corner because of the celebrations when Rodri nestled it into the top corner. And and I guess for me, I, f- I kind of felt it last week at the Newcastle game and, and in Athens for the Super Cup, but I felt like that was, oh, Jesus Christ. And the players as well, the way they celebrated, it tells you everything you need to know about the appetite in the team, doesn't it, Joe? It does. It does. It feels, um, you know, you wouldn't think walking away from Sheffield United winning 2-1 would feel like a really important (laughs) victory. But, you know, this early in the season, we're only one game away from the international break. We go top of the table um, to concede's frustrating, but to come back and and score the way that they did, especially for Rodri, too. You know, we talked about Holland, right? He eventually got his goal, but he, he had a lot of missed chances. Same goes for Rodri. Um, I mean, we've seen <laughs> yeah. in the three Premier League games so far this season, he's been a main focal point of City's attack, both creating and trying to shoot himself. Um, but that goal is just, is that the most Rodri goal you can imagine? Just perfectly <laughs> struck. It doesn't matter what foot, top corner. Just when he hits it, you, you can just tell when he hits it, right? There's no goalkeeper mm. in the world that's going to stop it, no matter how good they are. Yeah, he's sort of in the same way Kevin De Bruyne has that cross from the right-hand side, that sort of whipped (laughs) cross, and and trying to think of other player trademarks. I guess Jack Grealish sort of weaving in and out of defenders, a a, a nestled shot into the top corner. It's it's quickly becoming a Rodri trademark, and and it's interesting. I I have no words left to describe my love for that man. And it's funny, at at the Newcastle game last week, when, when I was with my dad, we were speaking about Rodri himself because obviously shocker he had a blinder um, and, and I said and, and this may seem out out of the blue and, and a bit of Regis but I said he's already one of my favourite City players of all time and obviously the Istanbul goal helps along that but he's just everything you want from a midfielder and I, I, I obviously we know how good he is defensively and, and how good he is at recouping possession for City but I feel like his best attribute is on the ball and, and going forward. And, and we speak about Kevin De Bruyne's absence and, and the lack of creativity. I think Rodri can be the man who, obviously not 
sort of <laughs> fills that void because he's not going to be popping up with 20 assists in, in a Premier League season. But he, he, he picks up so many positions. He, he's truly fantastic. And with De Bruyne being out, I don't know about you, but... I feel like Rodri is currently the best midfielder in world football. I'm, I'm struggling to think of anybody who might challenge him. Jude Bellingham, perhaps. But other than that, the man is incredible and he just continues to reinvent what that position is. You look at Manchester United, their holding midfielder, Casemiro, fantastic at doing what he does. But it feels like Rodri is the first holding midfielder since Sergio Busquets, actually, to sort of reinvent what you want that, that player in that position to do. Well, and Casemiro gets the benefit of having three games off every once in a while from a few rash <laughs> tackles, whereas yeah. Rodri's playing every yeah. game. Um, yeah. Had to throw that in there. But no, I, I agree with you. I think, to be honest with you, at this stage, Kevin could be healthy and, and Rodri's City's best midfielder. Mm. It's To me, it's it's really not. In terms of all-round game, I mean, that picture's gone around how many times on Twitter of the foot mob screenshot of his <laughs> last, like, 40 performances, and the worst is, like, a 7-5. Um, I mean, he's everything a manager wants in a midfielder, right? I, mm. I remember Pep saying it, I think it was maybe Rodri's first season of, like, I don't need Rodri, I need Rodri to be a 7 out of 10 every game. I can't, he can't be a player who puts up a 9 out of 10 performance and then a 3 out of 10 performance in that mm. position. And I think the addition of Kovacic on top of how, incredible the defense has been has also freed up Rodri to now be a little bit more further forward not quite occupying obviously what we saw from Gundogan but helping to supplement that loss um mm. with with I mean he has what two goals and an assist now in three games um yeah. I mean you can do the math on what type of pace he's on there but <laughs> he's he's just finding new ways to evolve his game seemingly every match and I'll, I'll go as far to say as he could be the best player in the world for me right now in terms of just <laughs> overall completeness, right? So people are going to say, you know, go look at Mbappe's stats, go look at Holland's goals. Mm. You know, those are the flashy things. No one's ever going to talk about a defender, Maldini in his prime, things like that. But when you talk about all-around game, Roger could drop in a, in central defense and probably be a top 10 center back in the league, in my opinion. <laughs> you can mm. drop him into the eight. And is he going to be one of the best eights in the league? No, but he's going to be able to you know, create probably 10 goals, 10 assists in a season. Mm. And then you just talk about the position that he's in. He's far and away the best in the world. We're seeing clubs like Chelsea spend, I mean, some countries GDP on Moises Casado <laughs> and, and, you know, Rodri's probably twice the player, you know? So I, I was, I was going to ask actually, cause we're having this chat in the week and, and I posed the question, obviously City wouldn't sell Rodri, but say a Saudi Arabian club came in with a, with a blank check to City and said, put whatever you want down on there. What do you think, realistically speaking, say the City, I don't know, went bankrupt overnight and they needed to sell the players. Genuinely speaking, what do you think Rodri's valuation will be? Obviously, Caicedo went for 150 million, Declan Rice, 105. Um, it, I reckon it's it's minimum double, but perhaps not even silly to say it, triple. Yeah, in this, you know, caveating it by saying in this market, which is mm. ridiculous, especially oddly for defensive midfielders, he's he's double. He's double Moises Caicedo. It's he is yeah. double the player easily. So he's setting a world record fees. He's he's beating Neymar's fee. And, and again, do I really think he's worth that? God, no. I mean, that is, no, no player should cost that much. That is insane. Mm. But when you look at this existing market, if I offered Chelsea a chance to buy Rodri, Todd Bowley's <laughs> giving me a blank check. So yeah. it's, um yeah, he's just he's just such a special player. And, and again, what I keep pointing to is 
he seemingly finds new ways to get better and evolve his game, which you think this is the peak, right? He can't get better than this. And then a few Mm. weeks go by and you're like, oh, and now he's popping up with more goals. And now he's creating, he's putting those yaya balls over the top of defense. And just like all these little things where you kind of pinch yourself, like how do we have a player this good, this modest, who clearly loves the club? It's not one of those where you fear a Real Madrid will swoop in or, Mm. you know, if they had money, Barcelona, that that's not the case. Um, and, you know, I feel like I owe a slight public apology because we have had an offline chat about <laughs> Fernandinho versus Rodri. And I was like going to my grave saying Fernandinho is the better player. I may need to uh, back, backtrack <laughs> on that a little bit. I'll, I'll check back in at the end of the season. But uh, he's, yeah, he's a, yeah. an incredible player. Yeah, for sure. Um, finally, then I have a guess. I don't know if you've looked already, so you might know. But have a guess how many passes he completed against Sheffield United. Oh, are, are you going to like prices write me like it's the quiz again or how's this going to work? <laughs> um, hey, that's up to you. So you, I think we said they had like 650, 670, something like that as a team. I mean, I bet you mm-hmm. Rodri had, I'll say 135. Nearly 108 passes. Yes. And Sheffield United had 130 or something like that <laughs> yeah. themselves. Um, he, he attempted 110 passes and completed 108. It, it's, it's ridiculous. What's that, 98% or something? Yeah, 98%. Yeah, good maths. Um, finally then, let's uh, let, let's wrap up on another one of City's star performers, Ruben Diaz. Um, there's a moment in that, in that second half, I think it was, when City had the lead where he throws himself in front of a... Uh, a shot from Gustavo Hamer potentially. That's the sort of thing Ruben Diaz goes to bed dreaming about, isn't it? Making those blocks, and and he is he is he's not the best footballer in the team, um, albeit a, a very good one. But that addition of somebody who is just defensively sound and loves to defend, I don't think you can sort of put into words how important it is. We had a chat after the Burnley game actually in the first first Premier League game of the season. And we spoke about the fact, oh, did City's defence look shaky, blah, blah, blah. That was without Ruben Diaz. And, and my sort of point was, put Ruben Diaz in that team, everything sorts itself out, bar Kyle Walker playing hero ball in his own box with five minutes go. However, um, it was another stellar performance from Ruben Diaz, and he's shown his importance in, um, in, in City's team. Yeah, he. it was funny, right? He came in as like kind of the quote-unquote Vincent Company replacement. And in so many ways, mm. like they're not the same player by any means, but in mm. so many ways, he embodies that calmness that I remember when you took Company, which unfortunately happened too often, out of the side and you saw Otamendi with uh, John Stones or, you know, whoever he was next to, he always looked rash and shaky. Same went with John Stones when Company was out of the side. And then you put Vinny next to them and it was like, like he gave them like, a chill pill before it was the it's just the craziest mm. impact that they have mm. just by being on the pitch and i think that city's central defenders in 2023 are of a much higher caliber than than maybe four or five years ago but mm. at the same time nathan ake looks better Vardiol already looks better um akanji obviously didn't play today but always looks better with Diaz next to him he's just for someone who mm. came billed as a player that was kind of rash from benfica and all that He's really the exact opposite. He's he's got a fire lit under him at all times. But as a leader, you know, we talked about Kyle Walker being the captain earlier. To me, like Ruben Diaz, I think it was the free kick for Alvarez in the second half. I don't know if they <laughs> yeah. showed like he's yeah. he's telling Bernardo Diaz and Grealish exactly what like 
Ruben, what 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 do you know about free kicks? What what are you what are you instructing them he's, on right now? He's such a dad, isn't he? When he, really, he was doing that, he was just busting everybody. Yeah, you know? it's like no, you will you will go to bed on at seven o'clock. You will. But, but also too, as we talk about Rodri's game evolving and seemingly getting better every game, I think one thing to touch upon we talked about a little during the game, but I think Diaz's passing out from the back has seemingly mm. improved tenfold in terms of progressive passing and linking up play from defense to midfield to attack. Um, is he a Vardiol, John Stones, Americ Laporte level yet? No, but his his the the gap between that was pretty substantial. And it seems like he is closing that gap a little bit. And and to have that outlet on both sides of defense is so crucial. Um so yeah, he's one of those when he's fit, he's undroppable and um it just seems like he's getting better with every game. I mean, he's only what, twenty five, maybe twenty six, so mm. he's he's still got probably six, seven, eight years at the top, which is incredible. Yeah, 26. It's interesting that obviously on his passing, he, he made 106 passes. So wow. only Rodri had more than him in the City team. And, and it just goes to show just that, just how important he is. He's, that, that, that's not new information, um, I guess, but it, it, it's worth reiterating because City look a, a 10 times better outfit with him in the team. Um, okay then, Joe, any, any, anything else do you think we learned from that game? Obviously, we'll, we'll cover it in more detail in, in tomorrow's show, but... Um, I, like again, going back to it at the top, I, I thought it was a, it was a really really good performance, and I, I'm I'm a bit confused, like I said, about the sort of the the doom-mongering, let's say, or mm-hmm. for want of a better word. But um, yeah, I, I'm not sure there can be many complaints against a team like Sheffield United, who football wasn't necessarily the first thing on their mind for the majority of the game, and, and it's interesting because when they came out, they looked fantastic in, in moments. They scored a really good goal. Obviously, you can't maintain that for 90 minutes, but. In terms of going to a, tif- a difficult place to, to go and, and getting three points, that's as, as good as it's going to get in terms of performance-wise. It is. No, it's 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 a complete performance that, again, the scoreline won't reflect. But if you take a deeper dive into the numbers and everything, you'll see that this could have been a five-six-goal six game, six game. Um, I do mm. have a question for you, Amos, and uh, it's, it's okay. a little sarcastic, but I'm actually curious your answer. <laughs> What's Phil Foden's easiest assist? Today against Rodri or I think it was 2017, the like layoff pass for Aguero against Leicester oh, just ripped yeah, one from yeah. outside the box. <laughs> I, I think it is probably it's probably today because it was completely unintentional. Yeah. He, he went to sort of take it in his in his path and, and it ended up just falling perfectly to Rodri. Um a little bit like the Istanbul goal against Inter Milan, I guess. But um yeah he, he does have a knack for for all we, we laud his creativity and he's a wonderful footballer. He does have a knack for just accidentally getting assists for great goals which is quite funny it's kind of like the holland of just like you just have to be in the right place at the right time yeah. right he'll tell you he knew what he was doing but yeah no no chance <laughs> yeah and, and a philosophical question i guess but maybe that's why we shouldn't always look into assists i don't know because that goes down as an assist but right well he did assist it i guess but you know it, it's always a deeper deeper meaning but that that's for a different podcast entirely um right okay joe that was a lot of fun thank you very much yeah thank you amos and listeners thank you very much if you haven't already like i said follow subscribe rating review it'll be appreciated greatly until next time which is tomorrow we'll see you later Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. 
By using Mick Delivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running, and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order Mick Delivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.